Welcome to Basketball on Figueroa, the only podcast breaking down the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Evan Garcia, and joining me today is my co-host, Dar E. N. Viziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper. Dime, how'd you like that Lakers beatdown that you got on Sunday? Beatdown. One possession game came down to the end. One of the best games the Lakers played all season. One of the worst games the Clippers played all season. Uh, not coincidence that the Lakers played well, but it is what it is. It's just one regular season game. A little frustrating, though, that this run that we've been on, we can't beat the Lakers, who we've gotten the better of for the last decade. But, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun game. Uh, like I said, it maybe it was the homer to me. Sure, you can, you, you can I'll, I'll, I'll lay, you know, I'll take the blame for that. But, you know, th- this team kind of reminds me of a – I don't think they're good enough to be like this, but they remind me of a, of a student who knows they can just get it up for the test anyway. And they're like, it's fine. I'm BSing. The teacher's mad. But you know what? When test time comes, I'm going to get an A because I know how the math formula works. So, yeah, I'm being obnoxious and destructive and I'm not doing all my homework. But when, when test day comes, I'm going to get them all right because I know what I'm doing. And I won't be acting up that day because I know it's not the day to act up. And that's the Lakers in the in-season tournament. That's been the Lakers, you know, in the playoffs when people thought, oh, the Grizzlies are just too deep and yada, yada, yada. And like, oh, you know, the Warriors are going to, you know, it's like, no, these guys, they're legit. And I definitely, like I said, I don't think this team's so good. They can just do that. I, I do not think they are, but I think they might think they are. And I think they also know, hey, we got LeBron AD when they're locked and engaged. It's just really hard. You're going to have to bring your A game when they bring their A game, because as we've seen, you know, when they've had those high moments, they can get pretty up there. And yeah, I mean LeBron got way up there. I don't I don't think uh Podcast P knew he was gonna go up there <laughs> with that with that dunk. I was taken aback. I was talking about that dunk today uh with some reporters and we all agreed like no one thought he was gonna dunk that ball. And then he just went up and you know, next thing you know, it's like, oh I think he's he's gonna you know he's gonna take this the whole way. And you know, James Harden of course went viral with his his expression from behind and and the fans and everything. But yeah, it was an incredible game. Uh people have been clamoring for a Lakers Clippers playoff series since Kawhi got to, you know, uh, the Clippers. It's been the talk of the town. As you know, it's never happened, not even the play-in. So we still haven't got that, like, you and me, let's go, winner winner with some high stakes. Not quite yet, but uh, who knows? We'll see how things lay out this year. I think the best-case scenario for anyone who's dreaming of a L.A. versus L.A. hallway showdown would probably be the Clippers a 3C, the Lakers a 6C, that seems something that's that could realistically happen in the first round. Other than that, it just seems like it's it's so hard to pair and for them to all win their games to get to that point. But to me, that's the that's the closest um, I can see uh, to to having a Lakers Clippers kind of you know crypto showdown um, from the game. Obviously, your team lost, my team won. You talked about you know the best team in basketball, you know, and all that stuff. Um, did you see anything? that you felt was concerning given this is one of those marquee matchups against the quote unquote top team. Did you see anything that you're like, huh, it makes me rethink this or this about the team? Or was it just, Hey, someone had to win, someone had to lose and you were just on the wrong side of it. A little bit more. Someone had to win. Someone had to lose. I will say though, when you put size on our guys, size that can move a little bit. Kawhi still has, even though he was looked a little bit quicker this season, still not a guy that gets to the rim a ton. But the thing is, even though LeBron, he did a very good job on him, I will say, one of his better one-on-one jobs this season. 
a lot of those shots, you know, Kawhi hits those like the mid range contested shots is a layup for him. It just had a bad night as well. So against stars, it's a make or miss kind of thing. So Harden also got a ton of good looks and he couldn't hit a shot, but you know, my, you know what I'm thinking on that stuff? Like, oh God, Harden, you know, yeah. you got to come through in the playoffs, bro. Like you got to do the bare minimum. Yeah. But I was fine with Paul George. I think we at times went away from him a bit. Westbrook, I thought, played too hard. Like, he was, like, trying to prove a point a little bit too hard. Unnecessary threes. And then Norman Powell, I mean, he made those big threes in the fourth quarter. But Norman Powell, three for 12. Russell Westbrook, three for nine. Harden, four for 13. Kawhi, six for 17. I thought our defense was fine. But offensively, we just didn't make shots. And I think the Lakers did have one of the better defensive games. I also think that the matchup with the Lakers has gotten worse. Because you guys now have a good amount of wings. And the Clippers have lost their wings to throw at LeBron. LeBron, these last two games, has had two of his better games against the Clippers in a very long time. Even predating his Laker days. He had some not-so-great games, I think, the last year or two in Cleveland against us. But, yeah, th these last two games have been tough since we lost Batum and Covington. He seems like he's when it's not Kawhi guarding him, he's getting easier shots. But I think it was more about our offense being bad. And also, you got to give a shout out to the Laker role players. How about Torian Prince's big three right before the one minute mark? I mean, that was huge. Uh, but yeah, if it's a Zubats, masterclass ruined because he was amazing. Ooh. Yeah, he he was amazing. And you know, I, the, every time he made a basket, I was like, man, he's he's killing it. You know, I, I watched the replay because I was doing some, uh, funny enough, doing some more Lakers coverage, so I, I couldn't watch it live. Also, that's my day off, so I try not to, uh, you know, dabble. Then I was rewatching the morning before actually write stories on those games so i rewatched it that's exactly what i did i watched it in the morning i kept an eye a little bit you know i was i was kind of scoreboard watching while i was doing some other stuff and yeah when i rewatched it that was the first thing you know obviously i already heard about zubas big game because everyone was talking about it you know on social media but then when you really saw it you're like man again and again getting key rebounds getting key buckets he's getting contested he's still finishing and it's like wow i mean you know zoo was just he was on one and you know I, i've been a big zoo fan since his laker days and Although I'm not rooting for him that day, I'm like, yeah, this is this is what I knew he could be. Give him some time, give him some space to grow. We talked about that in the last pod, and yeah, I agree with you. The Lakers, Clippers, you know, especially in the playoffs, it, it becomes more like boxing, where like the matchups make the fight, right? And I'm not saying the Clippers are in trouble necessarily, but when they play the Lakers, that's not a good matchup for them. You got two elite players; they're very big. That's one of the strengths the Clippers have. So it's like, well, my strength and your strength, they start to cancel out, and then, like you said, it starts to become. Are our guys going to hit shots? Is Harden going to step up? And then, like you said, you get a little nervous about that. Russell, can you imagine a whole week, two weeks of Russell having to deal with, you know, it's going to be a lot of mental stuff. Like, can you deal with this is like the team that, you know, you, you ended on sour notes on. Can you not let that become a narrative where you're getting ejected or you're just doing too much, like you said, and next thing you know, it's it's starting to get to you. The chemistry's thrown off. You, you know, you're down 2-1. Harden's two for 17 from the field and you're like oh it's happening like we're, we're crumbling like that's the recipe and not too many teams can do that to the Clippers I can think of just a couple in the west the, the Lakers the Nuggets when it comes to like size like that can you think of another team that really can give them problems I think those are the main two when it comes to purely like having you know six seven six eight wings that can that can disrupt them yeah absolutely and even Christian Wood man we talked about in the last episode, it looked like Ham was going to start giving him more minutes. He has. He's passed the test with flying colors, and he's had some good defensive moments. 
But I think Anthony Davis no. was obviously – I mean, LeBron as well, one of his better defensive games of the season. But Anthony Davis, you know his impact, just the way he protects the rim and the way he was able to switch on to Paul George and James Harden at times, mainly Paul George in that fourth quarter and stop him one-on-one was amazing. Um, but, yeah, it's still – oh, also some weird stuff happening at the end of that game. Kawhi Leonard going out of the game with three and a half minutes left. Or with yeah. two forty restrictions or something like that, which yeah. that didn't make sense to me given the game and you know you, you need to you need to pencil that in if you, you knew the game was gonna be close at least by the third quarter, you know, like doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no announcement before the game, no nothing. It's just like I thought that was stuff we're going away from this year. I thought we had taken that mystery Kawhi out stuff, being taken out of games, load management, that kind of stuff out of the equation. So that was a little bit weird. Thankfully, they bounced back. We'll talk about that later. But that was very frustrating to me because we did have some poor possessions offensively executing after that, even though Kawhi didn't have a very good game. It's still you want your best player on the court. Yeah, 100%. You want your best player on the court. And, yeah, that that's something that, you know, I don't think it'll be an issue in the playoffs. But, yes, like you said, it kind of became a surprise. And it's like, oh, it's like, okay, well, then, again, if you're on a minutes restriction, we can – that's fine. But in a close game, like you want to get those reps in and just, well, then he had to sit more in the third or sit more in the second or like you, you got to figure that out because they should have known the game was going to be close. At least, like I said, by the third quarter, you see that no one's really you know getting a big enough edge. You need to pencil that in. So that, that's on Ty Lue, I think, if anything. All right. So let's start. Let's go back to the beginning of the week. Uh, you went viral with your uh, your Phoenix Suns. Uh, Did I? I, don't think, how? I don't think we got didn't pop off like we thought. I thought it popped off pretty good, but but maybe not. So anyway, you you definitely stood out to me with with your, your son's uh, comments there. Um, and you know, of course, the Clippers did play the Suns, and the Clippers did take care of business, uh, one thirty one, one twenty two. So since you relish beating the Suns so much, why don't you go ahead and take the lead here on, on what happened and how the Clippers got this victory? Paul George took out the podcast beef rage on Devin Booker. Um, because remember he asked Clay Thompson about how he pointed had held up the four rings, and Clay was like, Yeah, I was being petty or whatever. And then Booker was like, Was that the answer you were looking for? P was like, Yeah, he's Booker was being weird. P was cooking. I mean, absolutely cooking. We didn't play against Kevin Duranto in that game, so we should have won. We were up by a lot. They made a little run at the end, but we took care of business. Very solid performances by Russ, Harden, Paul George. Um, and we got across the finish line. So Take that one. And yeah, of course, it's always nice to beat the Phoenix Buns. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, uh, that, that was an entertaining one uh, to watch from the Clippers' perspective. Uh, like you said, with the Suns, just it just isn't happening, right? Like it's either Beal's out or Katie's out or Booker's out or they're there and they're underperforming. And then it's another game where they are one of them's out. And, you know, kind of like the Clippers years prior, you just, you're not seeing them on the floor and you're like, well, I think this could work, but I'm not seeing enough of it to, I don't have a proof of concept. I just have a theory. And it's like, I would like to see them play, you know, 20 games together with no inner, no disruptions to really see, can they get their footing? Look at the Clippers, right? They got their footing after adding a, a huge piece. I think, I think people re- don't realize um, how hard it is to add one of those pieces. It sounds like you're complaining about, you know, being taxed when you're rich or something, but it is a problem. It's a good problem, but you got Beal. You got to figure out how that works. And if you're, you know, two games on, three games off, 
it becomes tough. And these other teams, as you know, the West is jam-packed. Like, no one's going to, you know, give you grace. They're just going to go after you, especially with those names out there. And and they're, they're struggling. I don't know. Um, I don't right now have them as contenders, but they're on the outside looking in. But obviously, I do think they have the talent to at least make some noise later on. But, you know, right now, it, it, it's nervous time in Phoenix because they're, they're, they continue to underperform. And, and the more the weeks go by, you're not really seeing a counter argument to be like, oh, no, they got it. Look at this. It's like, no, they're losing and these teams are, are coming after them. And, and you know, that that's about it there. So, yeah, that's that's definitely been an issue there. And uh, we'll have to see kind of where things uh, go with the, the Phoenix Suns. But just like you, I'm not really crying for the Phoenix Suns. That's one less team to worry about. That sounds great for me. Uh, I hope they miss the play-in or they don't even make the first round because that would be ideal. Because then, <laughs> then I don't have to worry about Durant going Super Saiyan, you know, in, in a series against me or something. I can just say, okay, he's out. Cool. Let sleeping dogs lie. I'd rather take a, you know, a, a weaker team. Let the Pelicans get in or something, you know? <laughs> All yeah. right. So uh, I think next we have, uh, let me get the schedule here. I think we have the, the Lakers next, correct? Lakers played because um, you had the next Clippers game was New Orleans and the Lakers were Miami, right? Yeah. yeah okay, cool, cool. Just wanted to make sure because, uh, yeah, my dates are a little funny here. Okay, cool. <laughs> this one wasn't fun. I was in attendance for this one. Uh, 110.96. Uh, just disappointing. I think this was the lowest point in the Lakers season, in my opinion, because you had no Butler. The Lakers are on a homestand here. Uh, they had such a rough schedule in, in December with so many back-to-backs, a lot of tough matchups, a lot of tough games. And you thought, okay, they're home now. They're playing a Miami team that's kind of, you know, struggling just due to injury right now. And we're at home. Take care of business. Let's do it. And they didn't. They, they laid an egg. 110-96. Uh, they got thoroughly outplayed the entire game. I, I don't think there was a moment that they looked like a good team. And this is the start of kind of a, a negative slide for the Lakers, not only in the win-loss record, not only in the performance, but then you just started getting like these, these reports of like there's disgruntled players and free agents are asking what's going on. And so-and-so is not happy with their playing time. And, uh, I think the weirdest thing was, especially behind the scenes, um, the way it works is around 10 to 15 minutes after the game, um, we talk with uh, the media, with the media talks with the coaches and players post game. And it's always Darvinham first. And then likely like the star player, if you will, of that night, we'll, we'll talk, maybe a couple others, whatever. Right. And not only was the game bad and it was a sour note and fans were upset and Lakers got pummeled by the heat it took them at least 30 minutes for someone to come out. <laughs> and for the first time, at least since I've been there, it wasn't Darvin Ham first. They brought out Max Christie. Poor little Max Christie had to go out there. Wow. <laughs> Max Christie had to go out there first and account for the Lakers sins. And I'm like, and that's when I knew, again, we don't got to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to peel the curtain a little, but not all the way. But I'm like, something's up because why isn't it Ham? Why did it take twice as long? And why is it Max Christie? He's not the leader of this team. He should not be out here dealing with this. Of course, he handled it well. Ham came immediately after. So I'm not saying Ham Cam ducked it, but a question I wish I could ask is, hey, what took you so long, bro? <laughs> yeah. There, there, there a conversation going on? Was there did you need to cool off for a minute? Like I just found it weird. You've never been this late 
and the day you were was the worst loss of the season. Yeah, you know, and and that kind of started those conversations. We've talked about this, right? Winning, you know, just win, baby. Winning solves everything. Well, guess what? Losing exposes everything. And all it takes is a couple losses, and then so and so can't stand so and so. Player on the bench thinks they could do better than the guy who's going over seven. And that's how the fracture starts, right? And, you know, Reeves mentioned it. He talked about the vibes were off. And then he kind of clarified because he knew how that quote was going to be, you know, taken. He's like, what I mean is the vibes are off. Like, we're frustrated that we're losing. We're cool, like, as people, like, we get along. We're just all mad because we're losing and it sucks. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, you know, to his credit, I think that's that's probably true. I don't think he just said that to kind of save it. I think he was being honest about, yeah, well, the conversation we just had is we're all pissed off and we lost the game. We, were, we know we're supposed to win. You know, we're struggling at this point. I think that was the first moment they slipped under 500 uh, in a while. They've been up a little bit. Now that was under. And then, again, an embarrassing loss there. Um, how much of this game did you watch? Did you watch the full game? And what are your thoughts about this whole kind of scenario with, you know, people, you know, regardless of whether you watch or not, you know people have been complaining about the rotations. People have been complaining about Ham. The team's losing, so that only amplifies it. What were your thoughts on this whole scenario here? Probably the worst game of the season for LeBron. Six yeah. for 18. Just didn't look engaged. Anthony Davis was really good again, but Cam Reddish and Torian Prince gave you nothing. Zero points and not much good defense either. Mind you, this was no Jimmy Butler in this game. One mm-hmm. thing I've noticed about the Lakers, their transition defense can be a little suspect at times. I think they don't often stop the ball high enough. Like they'll backpedal, backpedal, and all of a sudden guys are at the rim. I've noticed it the last three games. Um, and I think part of that is you need just to hustle a little bit more getting back too. Uh, everybody needs to just do a little better job getting back. But the Heat, they were pushing the pace for a team that you don't normally think would push the pace. Kyle Lowry was like, it was clearly a point of emphasis. And yeah, just a disaster. I mean, a total disaster. But this was still when D'Lo was out, right? He hadn't come back yet? Correct. D'Lo did not play. Let me double check, but I'm I'm almost 100% positive because I didn't see D'Lo play. I think D'Lo's only played um, since D'Lo's came back, which we'll, we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, he's... um. They won the two games that, that yeah. he returned on. Let me just double-check the box so, score here, make so, sure D'Lo wasn't there. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura being out, that hurts the Laker yeah. offense. You need other guys to make shots. You need LeBron to be good, and it just wasn't enough. And Miami, you got to give them credit. You know how it is with the Heat. Even when, yeah, heat their guys are, yeah, when, even when their guys are out, they still find a way. And, you know, you see the creativity of their offense. Um, even though they're not like a crazy motion team, they are a little more motion based than other teams. Guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero being used in those kind of ways. And uh, Duncan Robinson pleasantly has been a surprise this season in terms of putting the ball on the floor a little bit more. And then it was a, my first real look at Nikola Jovic. He was pretty good. But yeah, yeah no, I agree. Lakers. let me ask you a question. How disappointed were you after this game? Like these, lo- these kind of disappointing losses are piling up now. Yeah, this one, this one was the one that I felt the most frustrated. Um, as you know, you've mentioned it. I'm kind of more on the optimistic side. I'm more level-headed. This was one where, you know, and I wrote about it. I'm like, they hit rock bottom. And rock bottom's a little extreme because as a Bulls fan once told me, it could always get worse. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, it's rock bottom, you know, being one game under 500. No, but I think for the year, you're supposed to be a team that's supposed to have championship aspirations. I think when the season started, they had fourth best odds to win the title. If you have fourth best odds to win the title, and I told you the roster the Lakers have, and I told you there'll be injuries, but LeBron will play all but two games, and Anthony Davis will miss two games. You'll say, oh, okay, so they, they probably are, uh, you know, top three, top two seed in the West. And then I show you they're, like, you know, 10th. You'd be like, 
what's what's going on? And what's going on is they're underperforming. And that's a combination. Like you said, Rui's not there. Delo's not there. That hurts. But at the end of the day, if you're getting what you're getting from LeBron and you're getting your, what you're getting from AD, and then the other teams also have injuries, it's like, come on, man, that, that's not acceptable. And um, this was a, probably, like like you said, it was the most frustrating loss of the season. Um, there's just no, it just it was just unexcusable. There's just no excuse for it. you got to win this game. It, it was an easy game to win on paper. And even though they did play well, the Lakers still had chances. I think they led for a moment in the third with like two minutes to go. So it's not like they got pummeled. They did, you know, consistently throughout the game, but they had moments in spurts. This team, this game was beatable. Like you should have won this game and you didn't. And not only did you not win it, but you played bad most of the time. Uh, you know, I heard booze a lot. I heard a lot of like, you know, the Heat fans started getting a little loud and the, the Laker fans we're just kind of frustrated. So like, well, I'm not going to, I'll cheer this team because I'm pissed off because you guys suck. So it's like, it just became like a bad vibe. And I think it was the start of kind of a, a more negative week than positive week for the Lakers. Uh, moving on to the Clippers here. We had uh, Clippers against New Orleans. Uh, we both predicted a loss and I'm sure you're happy that we were both wrong here because uh, the Clippers actually took care of business. New Orleans has been playing pretty good. Uh, they lost 111.95 here. Um, You've watched quite a few New Orleans games now. What are your thoughts now that you've seen New Orleans a few times with the Clippers and the Lakers here? Um, what are your thoughts on the team and how the Clippers played against them? The team, my thoughts on them are that they're still a fairly dangerous team if they're healthy, but we just have more talent than them, period. And this was our – we finally broke our little drought against the Pelicans. They had beaten us, if you count that play-in game in 2022, 10 out of the last 11 times. Mm. And so we got our lick back big time. It was an absolute domination. 111 to 95, and they beat us in garbage time, you know, outscored us in the fourth, 27 to 19. But I thought Harden was masterful in the pick and roll. He had 13 assists. Even though he shot two for seven, he had 13 assists. And then Kawhi and Paul George. Like, Paul George has just been really solid since Kawhi has come back from that hip injury. He had 24 points on 60% from the field and 60 from three. And Kawhi had 19. And defensively, we did a really good job. But I also think the Pelicans just had a really, really bad shooting game. Like, they just missed a lot of shots they normally make. And then Zion got injured and missed the whole second half. So, from there, we kind of ran away with it. Uh, Norman Powell had 13 points off the bench. Great spark. He's been excellent lately. Then Russell Westbrook, 8 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Instant energy. So, so much talent on this Clipper team. Super team. Looking super beating the Pelicans <laughs> and the Nuggets this season, two teams that have given the Clippers tons of problems. We shot 42% from three in the game as well, and the defense was sharp. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the Nuggets have given everyone problems. Like, I don't, I don't think too many teams have the Nuggets number. Uh, so, so, yeah, good good wins all around. Um, not a good win <laughs> coming up for the Lakers. You know, again, the next game, uh, they lost to the Grizzlies 127-113. Uh, Again, this is another frustrating one. Uh, ja was still here and available this is prior to the injury he just suffered. Um, I believe it was a tear in his shoulder, right? Is what the the official um, yeah labor yeah labrum tear. Yeah, uh, that was you know you know that happened prior to this game. This game was still uh, Ja playing and, and Ja being you know effective for uh, the Grizzlies. This one I felt mixed on. I still think the Lakers should have won, but obviously the Grizzlies they're not. Their record was 12 and 23 uh, in this game, but that's not reflective of what they've been. They won like the first four or five with Ja, and they lost 
like three or four and one one. So they were kind of, you know, showing signs of what they could be. And then, you know, little lapses here and there, because again, the West is so tough. It's easy to just uh, quickly slip there. Um, but again, the Lakers just another frustrating loss. So 127, 1-13. Uh, for me on this one, it was just, again, not getting enough from the rest of the guys. They only played eight guys. Uh, so you, you just have the starters and then Vando, Wood, and Christy. Uh, Wood gave you a, a lot, gave you 11 points. You know, Christy didn't give you much, gave you two. Vando didn't give you anything, zero points, which is really rough when he plays 17 minutes. And it's not just that. Obviously, he has to be – he's in there to be a player, yes. But when you literally give nothing, it's just tough because one less player for, for teams to worry about. They can clog the paint more. It, it causes more problems than just you're not scoring. It's like they also don't respect you as a scorer. And it's another – you're on the wing. and It's it's another option that, you know, you you know how it is. You, you know, you've coached. You've played. You know, maybe the ball doesn't swing that way anymore because they're like, what's the point? You're not, like, being effective. And, like, it just disrupts everything when it's at that point. When you're a zero – it's it's not good. You can't play that much and be a zero unless you know you're an extreme specialist like a you know uh, Dennis Rodman who's like I'm just here to get rebounds and I'm moving out of the way actually on offense and like we're we're, we're putting me in spots where I'm not in the motion. Uh, the Lakers don't have an offense that kind of <laughs> works for that. So you have to be involved, especially when you're on those wings. Uh, you at least have to be able to you know again read, react, cut, pass, shoot, drive, kick. You have to be able to at least do those things and be a threat to do those things, even if you're, you know, not going to do them all. I don't expect Vando to, you know, average 15 points, but I expect him to give me six or eight and to, you know, knock down one, two, threes, take them. And there just wasn't much of that there. Again, this is just momentum into the negative, right? That heat game. I thought we were going to get a big response from the Lakers say, oh, kind of like we got with the Clipper game. I'm like, oh, they're going to respond. You know, they were embarrassed. You know, they're going to react. But again, Shout out to the Grizzlies. They, they took care of business. They, they beat a team that was kind of down. And this wasn't as bad as the Heat loss, but it kind of started feeling like, man, like they just they just can't get it together. Um, what did you see here? Obviously, the Grizzlies, we're not going to have to talk too much about because they're they're kind of done. But, but what were your takeaways from this game? I didn't get to watch as much of it, but I realized one thing, LeBron was really hot in the first quarter, like yeah. scorching hot. But the, the Grizzlies were scorching hot all game, and they haven't been shooting well from three this year. And they shot – 51% from three, 23 for 45. I mean, the shots they're making in the fourth were just crazy. Marcus Smart had 29, Jaron Jackson 31. They had four guys with 21 or more. And I had to watch, I have to watch the whole game to see defensive problems. You know, were, were there, was it just weak defense? I think, I think people might say it's weak defense. I thought it was more, they were, they were allowing shooting. certain. Yes, they were allowing certain shots and the players were knocking them down. Because that's one thing that, you know, the Lakers are still trying to balance. They give up certain threes, but then it becomes like, well, if they're going to hit them, <laughs> like you got to you gotta adjust. And I, I get right. it's the regular season and they're, they're doing less adjusting. All teams do this. Uh, you know, it's about your systems. And then later on, we'll do the counters. Um, but I think it was just another example of like, you got to counter somewhere because you're just getting killed everywhere. And it's just, it's not working, especially when the team lost the game, like the one against the heat. I, I really thought they needed this one and, and they didn't get it. Um, and, and that was to me the most disappointing thing. It was just, I wouldn't say it was poor defense, but I would, I will say that it was um, not even poor execution, but just um, poor reaction to the execution that was happening in front of them. And, you know, again, when you're when you're losing, it, it rains, it pours, and it was just another one like that. And yeah, the, the the teddy bears, you know, had their picnic on us. That was for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, obviously, after that, we had the the big hoopla with uh, Lakers uh, versus the Clippers. We already talked about that. Lakers got the W, um, which was which was fantastic, at least on my end. So that was really good. Um, and yeah, I think I think the banter just really briefly on Lakers Clippers again. I think the banter was good. It, it's good when those two teams are good. No one likes to see um, when one's up and one's down. It's just like okay, well then, kind of it takes a lot of the 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 buzz out of it. These last couple of years, Lakers Clippers is fun because legitimately you could see either team winning, even though the Clippers went on that run. And now the Lakers are starting a small one with these two wins because you're like, oh, they're both like interesting, good teams versus when the Lakers were super dominant and the opposite when the Clippers were going through their thing and, you know, Kobe was out. It's like, okay, well, I still remember those Christmas day games where it's like, I mean, who cares? Like, you know, like what's going on here? You know, like, I guess, but you know, at least these games are good. These games are interesting. They're becoming marquee matchups each each time they're happening and we're going to get another one later this month so that that's going to be exciting all right uh i think we have one the clippers play phoenix oh yeah again geez how many times did you guys play phoenix man is that like <laughs> twice and we beat that them both times the buns it this was we got the full-on three-headed snake and you know what that snake had no venom in it Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker got owned. Again, Paul George has had some kind of vendetta against the Suns. I think it's because he really doesn't like Devin Booker. And I love I love when PG gets fired up like this and, and is the best version of himself. Mm-hmm. And, like, just being aggressive. You know, when, I, when he catches the ball at the elbow, the mid-post area, he can just rise up over the top of guys and – I loved also seeing Kawhi and KD guard each other. Like, that's always just such quality hoops when they're matched up against each other. And I'm not going to lie, in the first half, KD was getting the better of him, like kind of locking him up a little bit and scoring on him in the pick and roll. But when we adjusted and started blitzing KD and Booker both, they started giving up the ball, turning the ball over at times. And James Harden had a really good game shooting the ball, six for eight from the field and three for four from three. Some really good passing as well. And then Westbrook, just insane off the bench. Posted up Devin Booker twice in a row uh, and scored on him. So he was creating really good things. And the Clipper offense is just tough to guard. We got a lot of star power. James Harden's a great pick and roll threat, obviously. But he's got Paul George and Kawhi around him. And then Zubats just destroyed Nurkic. Like, just completely outplayed him. He's been playing at an extremely high level. And then Edwin, Terrence Mann is back. His three ball yeah. is back. He's been shooting really well in the new year. And I'm just confident now that he's going to slowly start to find the shot that we've seen the last couple of years. And now the Clippers are going to move up slowly but surely in top three in offensive rating because we're going to be so hard to guard. I really think so. We're going to be so hard to guard. Harden's playing at a very high level. I just checked tonight. He's shooting career high from three right now, 43%. Wow. That's, I know. And that, you know, that's a guy who likes to, to chuck him. So, yeah, <laughs> that, he's shooting, uh, uh, you know, as few as PPG since 2012. Fewest shot attempts since 2012. Fewest shots made per game since 2012. So when you say it like that, it makes it sound like he's not playing well. But Harden, honestly, he's grown on me slowly but surely, Edwin. But still, we'll see. You know, it's I like when when we when I see the Clippers play against teams like the Lakers, like Phoenix, that I really want to beat, and he plays well, yeah. it makes me gain and, and and you know start to like him. But yeah, then I play against the Lakers, do what he did, turn the ball over like that. I'm like, ah, that's why I'm skeptical. So overall, though, now that that's the last Clipper game we're talking about, 
at this point in time. I still stand by what I said. Besides that one game against the Lakers, yeah, you got the better of us. We're still one of the hottest teams in the league. We've still won 20 out of 26 games. The people are starting to take notice of this. Kawhi is playing at a high level. Paul George is playing really, really well. James is playing really well. And Westbrook just continues to be exceptional in his role off the bench and content with it. And Zubats is quietly putting up maybe fringe top 10 center performance this season. And Harden has definitely helped with that. So things are rolling. We have the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday, which we should definitely talk about their game against the Lakers, huh? <laughs> yeah, we should. That's right. So that's the final one we had, which literally just ended like a couple hours ago. Uh, I was in attendance. That's why, you know, we've, we've had uh, a, a late night uh, tonight uh, with our coverage. Um, and finally, besides the, the Clippers win, which obviously that was a W, but 132-131. They won by the slimmest of margins. The slimmest of margins. One point. Although it wasn't really a one-point game because it was like a last-second three that turned it into one. So it, it wasn't. It was close, but it wasn't. Uh, you know, the, the one point makes it seem like the final play was exciting, but honestly, it wasn't. And I mean, where to begin here? Okay, we'll start with the main stuff. We'll start with the basketball, and then we'll go kind of beyond that. Um, first thing is again, Anthony Davis. Like I said. You, you mentioned slowly but surely you're, you're you're warming up to Harden. For me, I'm slowly but surely conceding that this might actually be the Anthony Davis team. Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, over the course of the last month, he's averaging 30 points a game. For the season, he's averaging 25 and 12. He's been consistent as heck. He's I think he's defensive player of the year. And these offensive performances, these are not anomalies. 41 tonight, I checked. Like, two weeks ago, he had 40. He's had 237 uh, point games uh, in the last month. So, you know, I'm, you're, if he's doing it every other week, he's putting up 40 pieces. And then the the other nights, he's putting up 28, 29, 31, 32, 37. That's not like he, he's not giving you those nine point nights anymore. That hasn't happened. It's been him doing everything except selling the popcorn in the stadium, you know, taking this team and trying to will them to victory, you know, and, and tonight he did just that 41 points, 13, 17 from the field, only missed four shots, two for two from three. And then the big number, 13 of 14 from the free throw line. For bigs, you know, you know, most bigs are awful for, at that, whether they don't practice, whether they complain about their hands, whatever. They're just awful at it. You know, and B, Giannis, you, you go down the line, Shaq, you know, it's a weakness. For AD, he should be embracing it every time because he has nights like this often. He just, he just really, really good shooting from the free throw line and, Tonight, he was consistently making them, and it was one of the reasons the Lakers won was because he was so efficient, so effective. I would say it's the main reason they won. Without his performance, there's no way they win this game. LeBron kind of sleepwalked through most of it. He did it in the night with 22 points. Again, that kind of shows LeBron's greatness, right? You watch the game, you're like, oh, he was trash. And you're like, oh, 22, only missed like six shots. Like, you know, eight assists. It's like, oh, my, you know, the, the, the stat sheet doesn't show that, but that's because LeBron can in bursts just kind of, you know, accumulate those points and those things. And again, I'm not saying he's stat padding because that's ridiculous, especially in a game they were trailing. But it's like LeBron's so great. What he about can be that half court? What about that blatant not shooting the half court shot at the end of the first half? That was insane. Right. It's not, he's, not, he's not the only person that does that, though. He's shooting that 40% from three. I don't want to ruin that. You're, you're, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, Dan. You're right. And I was I won't mention the meeting number I was sitting to, sitting next to, but I turned to them and I said, did you see LeBron didn't take that shot? And they, they, I don't know if they were just like talking to me. They're like, why didn't he? I'm like, oh, you don't know why he did? Yeah, I know exactly why he didn't take that shot. He didn't take that shot exactly for the reason you mentioned. Russ does it all the time too. How many times you see Russ dribble, dribble, dribble when it, when the. Not as the a clipper, not, not that much yet. 
Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe that's something he unlearned. But I saw him do that as a Laker a lot. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. And again, it's fine. I get it. It's a garbage shot and it hurts your number. You know, it's it's the politics of it. What, what uh, made it so funny, though, is that LeBron hit a logo three that exact half. That's what made it even funnier because, yeah, he probably would have missed. But LeBron's always been really good at those long-distance shots because he's so strong. You know, it's sometimes it, yeah. he shoots it like it's a normal shot with, like, like he's barely putting any – any more force into it when he's shooting from like that range but yeah, yeah his technique looks the same from like 45 feet out as it does from like 25 feet out and as you know that's a weakness because just as, as humans it's more energy and then you get you get sloppier and you, you're starting to heave he doesn't he pretty much just squares up the same uh and like you said it's because he's got the strength already so he doesn't have to worry about like having to exert so much more to go you know that that distance um so, yeah, LeBron didn't have a great game, but, again, it was all about AD. He was just – there's nothing to say about Anthony Davis at this point. He's getting to that point where he's put up enough of these performances this year consistently, and he's been healthy, that there there really isn't much to say. Um, after the game, I'm sure you heard everyone complaining, oh, there's too many free throws for the Lakers. And, and obviously, I was there, so I, I have a different perspective on it. I, I really felt like it was pretty normal, again – I wish there's so many things I wish dying about people watching sports. But again, I understand the logic makes sense. Why is one team getting more foul calls than the other? That's not fair. But again, it's based on how you play the game. And if AD's driving to the basket and you keep following them, that's what's going to happen compared to a team that's not going to the basket as much or or avoiding that contact or shooting threes. You're not going to see as much. The Raptors don't get that many free throw calls. I didn't see anything to me that was pretty disparaging. Yeah, we can argue, was it a flagrant when he popped him in the nose? Was it just an accident? This, that? Of course, we can do that for every game. I still have people telling me about a, a take foul from LeBron from like three games ago. Like, that's going to happen, right? But to me, I didn't feel like it was unfair or anything, especially late in the game. That's the part that I found funny. Like, AD hit eight free throws in the final minute because they were literally following him on purpose because they were trying to get him to miss. You know, they were playing the game, right? Trying to get him to miss so that way – you know, they can get possession. The game was close enough where if he would have missed, you know, two or three of them, maybe the Raptors win. So I just found that part again. Uh, agendas don't have time for context. And it's like, well, you know, 10 of those free throws were in the final minute. So it wasn't as big. But from you, you're a little more neutral. What did you think about that aspect of it with the officiating, the fouls, and kind of how that fourth quarter went down? A little overblown with, with Toronto is making, you know, the big deal of and everybody is. I think what it was is it just felt as though every 50-50 call was just going your way and they wouldn't get a break. Like, that's what made it frustrating for them. I think a lot of them were fouls. Most of them were. The first one was, as you said, the flagrant foul on Emmanuel quickly that fouled him out of the game. It was an offensive foul, but flagrant. Even your announcers, you weren't watching the, the broadcast, but even Stu and Billy Mack were like, I don't think that's a flagrant, but – I think that may be a flagrant just by the letter of the law. He took a huge hit, though, Cam yeah. Reddit, uh, who, by the way, was big time tonight or big time on, on Tuesday night. Huge shots, especially that three in the fourth quarter that he made. Yeah. But uh, he just had it going from three the whole game. Um, but the ref thing, outside of that, R.J. Barrett did slap down on AD when he got that and one in the fourth. Um, I think what really was annoying, too, for the Raptors is some of the calls were really late. And that really can piss fan fans off. Like sure. the Austin Reeves one, like Scotty Barnes. Here's what I will say: it was inconsistent. Scotty Barnes was hand checking, had the forearm 
on Reeves and Reeves, whenever he gets the forearm or the hand check, he uh, throws it up. Yeah. Uh, Barnes, he went at AD on that play where AD blocked him and it was a little bit less contact, but he still kind of had the little arm on his hip and he blocked him and he just didn't get anything. So I think that you could argue, but it's also like the home team is always usually going to get the benefit of the call. It's not something we've never seen. I just think it is funny because despite that Minnesota game, like the Lakers have had a couple of games this season, like against Phoenix, like this one, it's always the Lakers usually getting the benefit. I think that pisses people off, you know, historically, <laughs> but um, that being said, I think the Lakers won because of AD. I think he was a monster on both ends of the floor. He closed out the game, eight free throws to end the game. You needed every single last one because you only won by one. And the way he has been knocking down his jump shot lately, like against us, we didn't even mention that. He's knocking yeah. down an 18-footer. He's making his three ball again, which is a little scary because that can put him back into 2020 AD conversations because defensively, I think his impact is the same. I think it's just his wiggle and fluidity and athleticism that looks a little bit worse than back then. The consistency, honestly, as you've been saying, besides a little bit of a sh- – not a shaky start, but – there was a patch where people were like, oh, I still, LeBron's still better. But now you're starting to see, I think he is playing at the consistency level that he was in 2020. I think what's going to be the deciding factor, if I think this will be his best year as a Laker, is that jump shot continuing to be consistent. And one thing I've, I've enjoyed about Anthony Davis this year is I feel like he's not settling as much at all. Almost all his shots are coming in the paint. He kind of understood what he is as a player. And I think he's doing a really good job sealing deeper. So, like, catching the ball much closer to the basket, especially against smaller guys where he can look to just go up. You know, how many years we complain AD's not taking advantage of mismatches enough? I think this year he's taking advantage of them more. And with LeBron, can have some great entry passes there. And D'Angelo Russell, you know, we didn't even mention that in the fourth quarter and in the second half against us. He was big time. He just – you know what D'Lo's really good at? Making momentum-changing shots. And yeah. I think this game overall, I don't remember too many momentum changing. Actually, you know what? He had that six, five straight point stretch in that third quarter. Put the Lakers yeah, up 80, three. Yeah. yeah, from the top of the key, make it 84-78. And his passing was really good as well. I honestly think that D'Angelo Russell should, should be getting more minutes than he gets. Like I think that Reeves gets a little bit too much of a preference over him. I don't know if it's because, you know, he was drafted and homegrown. He's more on the upward trajectory and D'Lo's kind of peaked. But I really don't know. I've, I've gone back and forth. I think Reeves going into the season, I was saying he's the third best player. But I think it's more even than than I, than I'm, than people think. And I think that D'Angelo Russell, there is the whole thing about he doesn't play well against good teams. But his passing is definitely better than Reeves. And... He and AD, every time they run pick and roll, it feels like they get a decent look. Like, I think D'Angelo Russell, there's still something there that can be used a little bit more in this game, even though Austin made that huge three towards the end and had that amazing pass to Cam Reddish where he went baseline and kicked it out. It was I didn't like D'Angelo Russell's body language, man. Like, it looked like he was pissed off that he wasn't playing because he, he had outplayed Reeves to that point. And I heard that he didn't speak to the media either. And I don't know, it's getting a little shaky. You know, now he's the sixth man kind of thing, which is fine in terms of like Lakers winning games. But I mean, 11 points, five assists for him, 50% shooting. He was good. Um, but, and also Torian Prince, that was decent in this game. He was two for yeah. six from three, but he had 11 points. Anytime you can get him in double figures and then Cam Reddish in double figures, that always spells something good. 
And I think LeBron in the second half, he turned it up though a little bit in the third quarter. It almost felt like you guys went away from AD though a little much in the third quarter. I was a little, you know, looking at it from your guys' perspective, a little nervous about that. It felt like yeah. it became LeBron pick and roll over and over. Like he dominated the ball so much more in the in the second half than in the first. And I think he did get going, but it was nervy, man. Siaka making those threes in the left corner in the fourth quarter. I was like, man. Yeah. And Barnes, he's really taken a leap this year. Like his defensive plays were amazing. And I love that matchup with him and LeBron. Uh, and a lot of the Raptors played well. Like Emmanuel quickly played really well. I think that's one encouraging sign for the Lakers is RJ Barrett was good. IQ was good. Barnes was good. Siakam, who they're using like a role player this year for some reason, was still good. They didn't have Jakob Pertle, though. They started Thaddeus Young at the five. So I'm happy. I mean, AD should be feasting on that. But still, at the end of the day, it wins a win. Two in a row for you guys now, 19 and 19. And hopefully, for your sake, trending in the upwards trajectory. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, so much of what you said there was was perfect. Um, yeah, AD and D'Lo, that's the best, that's the best uh, pick and roll option. Even better than LeBron and AD. LeBron and AD is obviously really? so is that, good. Is that like a statistically proven thing, or is that just what you're thinking? No, that's just my vibe check. But what I, what I will say is that the reason I say that is because in a way, because Dilo is a lesser player, it, it's more to AD's benefit versus, you know, Bron can get going with anyone. So obviously Bron and AD, that's awesome. But Dilo, and again, Dilo's a more pure distributor. So he's able to do everything. Like he always makes the right play. If he knows that, you know, uh, 80s, you know, going to the basket with a mismatch, he's going to get the lob. If not, and he thinks he has a mismatch, he's going to do the pull-up. If not, he's going to kick it back out. He's going to go back to the top of the key, reset it. Like, he just always does the right thing in that, in that scenario. He brings the best out of AD. He's all, he knows how to get himself going, and he knows how to redirect everything else. Versus LeBron, obviously LeBron's incredible, so he can just take it to the hoop. And him and AD, they give people fits with the switching. But in the scenario where LeBron doesn't feel comfortable taking the shot for whatever reason, and then AD's not open – LeBron just kind of is like, ah, and he just kicks it back, kind of gets a little frustrated and goes back out. While D'Lo, he's, that last, that third progression in the pick and roll, D'Lo still excels at because he's more of a pure point guard, even though he hates being called a point guard because he says he's just a guard. <laughs> uh, but he's a point guard uh, regardless of, of whether he wants to be or not. And, yeah, just like there's just like some funny vibes going on. Like D'Lo didn't talk to me again and again. I mean, is it is right? Sort of, because as long as we talk to somebody, it doesn't have to be you. But it's like, okay, I get it. And I get it. He's saying, hey, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not talking to you when I play bad. I'm not talking to you when I play good. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> but it just creates a couple, it creates unnecessary tension. It leads to questions. It leads to us theorizing what's going on instead of you just being up there and just, you know, you answer the questions and, and move on, right? So, that's a funny thing. LeBron, he's done his availability, but in the locker room, he used to do it at the press conference. Now he's just doing it in the locker room. That's another funny thing. Uh, the body language stuff is always tricky. I try not to read too much into the body language because, again, I don't know these guys. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to start – I think something bad. And, then, like, you know, you have, the, you have the bias of your own opinion. Like, oh, yeah, I don't think they like each other. And they didn't say hi. See? Like, I, I try to be careful with that. But when there's smoke, there's fire. And I'm seeing a lot of that kind of stuff, even in a win. And it's like – yeah, the vibes aren't great. And it, it makes sense. This is this is the biggest moment in the season for the Lakers because of the trade deadline coming up and, and all that. If anything's going to happen, it's going to happen now. The, the, I promise you, either way, this team's vibe, vibe will be better once the trade deadline's over because they're either going to say, hey, look, we're stuck with each other, so whatever. Or 
X players will be gone. It'll be a new thing. And then, okay, fresh start, whatever. Um, but there is, it, it is interesting. Like you said, even in a win, there's a little bit of that in the air. Um, so hopefully again, winning, they say winning solves everything. Hopefully a few more wins solve it. Hopefully, um, either players get assurances that they're not leaving or they see that they're not going to leave or they're, they're just out and, you know, like it happens and we're done and we can move on from there. But there was a little bit of that uh, tonight. But the good news is the Lakers found a way to win. And I don't think it's affecting, again, the professionals. It, it's not, I didn't see anything on the court that led, that gives me concern. I didn't see bickering on the court. I didn't see player clearly open and someone looking anyone off, none of that kind of stuff. So this is kind of like, you know, the behind the scenes kind of politics of any work environment. Uh, but again, as you know, that stuff matters. You know, you don't like someone, guess what? You may not work that well with them because there's like a, a vibe that's not working, even if you're still trying to be a professional and do your job. So hopefully they get that together, uh, whether that's uh, D'Lo just feeling better about the situation or or things getting better or just someone saying, hey, answer a few questions and let, let's let's move on. Let's not make it a big story. But right now it, it's going to continue being a story because he went from always talking to never talking. That's kind of suspicious. So. Uh, we'll see what happens there. All right, big, uh, let's big, go. Big Christian, by the way, big Christian Wood game again. Yeah, Christian Wood's been great. Um, I don't want to go as far as saying he should start, but I'm not too far from there because he's been playing so well that I'm like, what if we gave him a shift and really went big, right? They had that one game against the Clippers where they went really big, and it was like a turning point in that matchup. And I just wonder if, you know, not giving him more minutes, but just giving him starter minutes and going huge with, like, LeBron – A.D., Seawood, Reeves, and maybe Vando or Prince. Like, I'm curious how that would work. But, again, uh, maybe maybe too much for Wood right now. But so far, and he's been hitting that three. That's been really nice as well. Which, again, when you when a big shooting three like that, that's really what makes it like, oh, this is becoming frustrating because now i got to watch for him rolling. i got to defend him out there. It opens the floor, creates driving lanes. That becomes the, the killer. It's not even about you shooting a lot of them is the threat that you have. It just it just creates more space and allows for more options. And Ham talked about that a lot too. Spacing can be for, for points in the paint. More space, then we drive in. It just makes it easier to do everything when things are spread out like that. But to get that, you gotta you gotta shoot your shots, you gotta make them so that way the defense respects it and they're not like, well, whatever, I'm I'm staying by the nail anyway. I don't care if you're gonna roll a little to the wing, I'm not gonna cover it. So um so, yeah, okay, so only a few games to cover now since it's already Wednesday, technically, at the time of this recording. So, uh, here, let's let's take a look here at the schedule. We have uh, Clippers-Raptors, Clippers, Raptors, 7.30 on Wednesday. Uh, so, they'll have to turn around after their coach went viral. He just went off. We yeah, that was epic. He said, you know what, I'm going to earn every dollar of this 50K fine or whatever it's going to be because he – he went on a rant that, you know, would make a diamond 2020 blush, you know? So, <laughs> so <laughs> despite all that, who knows what the final be? I, I, we're probably going to hear something tomorrow. Um, now I'm worried about the whistle that they're going to, I'm worried about the whistle they might get now. Uh, I saw one joke on Twitter. They said he, he had one meeting with Phil Jackson and all of a sudden he started complaining <laughs> about <laughs> Oh my god, that's great! That's what he learned. He's like, hey, if you lose, because you know Phil was the 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 king of that. Every Lakers loss, oh, the whistle, the whistle. Every Bulls loss, he he was really good at you know getting that story out there that hey, you know, like what was going on with this? And <laughs> if he told them that, <laughs> it really came out. So 
I still have the Clippers beating the Raptors. They're still like a new team figuring out these new pieces. They're on a road trip. Yeah, the whistle might be funny, but they're also still on the road, and and the Clippers are playing so well. I'm still have the Clippers winning here. Uh, how about you? Clippers. Yep. I'll be yeah, there. Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, fantastic. All right. So uh, next game after that, again, so much Phoenix, 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 Phoenix. I'm done with the Phoenix Suns, but the Lakers are not done. They'll have to play them on January 11th on Thursday at 7 o'clock. That's going to be a TNT nationally televised game. Uh, I'm going to be optimistic and say the Lakers are going to win, but I'm pretty nervous because, like I said, we've even though with these two wins, we've been talking about a lot of the negative stuff. And can the Suns be good enough to kind of sneak one in here? I'm going to say no, they're going to lose. But what are your thoughts here? This one's in Phoenix, right? No, 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 it's here. Okay, Lakers. I'll be in attendance for this one. It's it's in it's in LA. Okay, cool. All right, we got so we got the Lakers on a three game winning streak. Wow. Okay, I like it. I like it. Okay, then we have uh, the Clippers heading to Memphis on Friday. Uh, it's a five o'clock game. I'm, I have the Clippers winning. Obviously, we already talked about John Morant and his injury. Unfortunately, I just think that's one too many things. I know they just won uh, tonight, so you know, shout out to them for continuing to be resilient as, as an organization and as players. But, I mean, without Ja, I just don't see them beating a team like the Clippers. What do you think? Yeah, taking it over the Teds. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay. And then the final um, Laker game uh, we have here is the – well, actually, we'll do the two. We'll do the Monday just in case uh, we don't record for that one. So, so Saturday, so second to last, we have uh, Saturday they played another one of Dime's favorite teams, the Utah Jazz. The homestand is over. Yep, yep. They play Utah on Saturday. Yes, sir. They've been playing well lately, <laughs> to be honest. They have been playing well. Yeah, they, they just pounded the, the Bucks, right? That was that was think yesterday's game. <laughs> they beat them up. Yeah, 130, 132 points allowed at home by the Bucks. Jesus. But so this game's gonna be in and, Utah. Lakers Jazz. Yeah, in Utah. Yeah. And what was impressive, just really quick on that that Bucks Jazz game, because I, I watched that one um, I think from the second half on, even though it was a blowout. I'm like, let me just see what happens. The Bucks mm-hmm. did kind of put a fake comeback in the fourth, and the Jazz just responded back. And I was like, oh wow. I'm like, okay, that, that impressed me because you know it, it got down to like 10, 9 points, and then it went back up to 18 quick. And I'm like, oh yeah, the Jazz aren't playing around. So yeah, that was gonna be a tough one. Um so, I'm sorry. I think I didn't hear your your answer there. Who do you got? Lakers, Jazz, and Utah. I'm gonna say, I hate to say it, Edwin. I, I I think the Lakers should win, but I don't think they're gonna. I think Utah at home is really challenging, and they're playing well right now. I think they'll get the dub. Yeah, you know what? I, I think so too. I can't predict Lakers gonna win all of these games, so I'm I'm gonna go with you there too and say that they're gonna lose there. Okay, and the uh, final game actually, because we'll we'll probably record before the Tuesday OKC Clippers game. So the final was actually Lakers at OKC. On Monday, that's going to be on NBA TV. Clippers don't play Sunday. Uh, let me double check. Oh, yeah, you're right. They played the the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's my, a big my game. Yeah, that's a big yeah, game. Yeah. So who, who do you got on that one? I'm gonna go with us. I, I'm really amped up for this one I, because the Minnesota Timberwolves are playing really well. On Tuesday night, they beat the Magic by 21 in Orlando, and Orlando's no slouch. So yeah, yeah, Orlando. I first, like Orlando. I think Orlando. Yep. Go ahead. No, yeah, I think Orlando's going to stay up there. People have been saying, oh, no, they'll fall off. I'm like, I think they're going to stay top four in the East. I don't know where. They might be on the lower end, three, four. But I, I think – I think. Uh, wow, really? You think they'll finish above Miami? Because now, that, now so. the, top four, the top four is now the four teams that have been the consistent teams for a couple of years now. Philly, Miami, Milwaukee, Boston. I think it's going to end that way. 
fifth and sixth, mm. though, it's up for grabs. I have to give the Cavs credit, though. Even with Donovan, uh, with Darius Garland and Evan Mobley being out, Donovan Mitchell is putting together a quietly really solid season yet again. And Jared Allen's playing really well, and, and they're they're in the mix there to still make the playoffs. Yeah, you know what? I'm still going to say the Magic are going to make it happen. You're right. Uh, they did It did adjust already a little bit, but it's really close. I mean, they're one game behind four. So, again, it's early, so there's, there's still a lot of movement there. And – yeah, I think someone from New York or, or the Heat will dip enough that the that the, yeah I'm I'm gonna say Magic they'll, they'll they'll pull it out. I'm a little nervous about it, and they are young. I I tend to I tend to be late with the young teams because I'm like, look, you gotta show me. Uh, but I feel like they're the progress has been there in terms of the work. We just haven't seen the win losses, and this is the first year where the wins are actually starting to be provided based on the progress they've been making the last couple years. So yeah, no, I'm gonna say they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna figure it out, and and they're gonna get up there. The Knicks are five and zero with OG Ananobi too. That's something to shout out. They are, but um, yeah, yeah. but uh, that Clippers, might have been the move they need to make. Yeah, I think Clippers. It's, yeah, good move. Still doesn't move the needle fully for me with them, but Clippers mm-hmm. will beat Minnesota in my opinion. I'm taking that. That's not a back to back, is it? You said Memphis plays us on Friday. Yeah, you don't have any back to backs this week. It's Wednesday, Friday, okay. Sunday. Yeah. We beat. We're beating them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm not a big, as you know, I'm not a big Timberwolves guy. I, I just. I just don't like their team that much. Edwards is amazing, and I think they're a classic, great regular season team because they do bring it. But I think, I think when they play those top teams like like we've mentioned, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Warriors, even I think they're just going to give them trouble. And and the regular season and the the postseason is two different things, and I don't think they they have a team for that. So they, they don't really scare me that way. So I think the Clippers will take care of business because I think they're one of those kind of teams. Um, all right, and then the, the final game uh, we will talk about today is, again, the Lakers-OKC. OKC's given the Lakers problems. Obviously, SGA is just sensational, and the Lakers struggle when there's a dynamic guard that's like that, that's small and quick and crafty and shifty. That's the one that gives them a lot of trouble, uh, especially if they're physical and strong. You know, is not super physical, but he is really, really quick, and he and he also knows how to get those foul calls, as we know, talking about players who know how to kind of work the system a little bit. Um this one makes me nervous. You know, honestly, I'm going to say I'm going to give them the win just so they don't have a losing record this week. But that one makes me nervous. I think I think I also don't think OKC is ready um, this season in the playoffs. But it wouldn't surprise me if they were because on paper, the, the eye test tells me they are ready. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but they're young. They haven't been there yet. So so they're an interesting team. I can't wait to see them in the playoffs. Uh, hopefully my team doesn't have to play them at any, any point. I'll let someone else deal with it. But they're really, really good, and uh, it's going to be a tough game for sure. I'm going with Oklahoma City. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So uh, I think we'll wrap it up there, which is about at the hour mark. Uh, so we'll see how we how the, the teams do there. We'll also talk, I think, a little bit about uh, the WNBA because there have been some movements there with personnel uh, that we'll talk about uh, for next week when we have a little bit more time and also uh, WNBA free agencies not too far away until the 21st. So next week we'll talk about it now that we'll be, you know, uh, kind of a preview to what's going on there. Um, but that's it for us today. Uh, that's the end of basketball on Figaro. Once again, I'm Edwin Garcia. That was Dar-E-N-V-Ziri, a.k.a. Time Dropper. And we out.